Hello all, and welcome to the first episode of Current Account with Clay Lowry. Clay Lowry serves as the Executive Vice President here at the Institute of International Finance. The purpose of this podcast is to bring to your attention current issues in international finance and economics, as well as provide a U.S. policy and politics angle on these different issues. Clay, over to you. Hello, I'm Clay Lowry, and I'll be your host. We're going to hit on current issues affecting the financial sector and add a little bit of a Washington twist to it and hopefully make it fun. Today, I wanted to start by talking about what is arguably the most important global regulatory issue when thinking about the financial sector, and that's sustainable finance. But before we do that, I wanted to take a moment to recognize the Russia-Ukraine conflict. This podcast was actually supposed to start last week, not this week, and we are going to discuss the Russia and Ukraine conflict in depth. But to be frank, we got nervous. We got nervous that events were unfolding too fast and our content would become obsolete. And we were right. But I did want to give a quick update before I go on to today's topic. The sanctions that were put in place over the weekend and this week have been the most significant sanctions to date for a few reasons. First is the speed at which these sanctions have been implemented. When I say over the weekend, I mean it was really over the weekend. Second is the comprehensiveness of the sanctions, including hits on the banking sector, the central bank, SWIFT messaging system, as well as export controls. Third is the global coordination among so many countries to implement these sanctions. And fourth, and maybe most importantly, is the target of these sanctions, which is Russia. It is the most internationally engaged market that has ever been sanctioned in a major way. It is the 11th biggest economy in the globe, and there has never been a sanctioning regime on such a large economy. These four uh, points make the sanctions unprecedented. Just this week, we published a paper at the IIF on the impact of these sanctions on Russia's overall economy and the escalation ladder that we could see going forward. Suffice it to say, the sanctions have already struck the financial system and they have struck it hard. Bank runs have occurred. The central bank has had to raise interest rates. They've had to implement capital controls and markets have actually been shut down. As the Ukraine-Russia crisis continues to unfold, we will stay on top of events and dive further into the importance of enforcement and implementation, which largely will be around such issues as clarity of the sanctions, coordination among nations and financial institutions, and concern for spillover effects and leakage risk. But today, I want to talk about a different topic, which is sustainable finance. There's wide agreement within the financial industry that we must make a transition to a low carbon and an ultimately a zero carbon economy. For the financial sector, this transition cannot happen with greater convergence, if not harmonization, of data standards, metrics, and heck, what is considered green and what isn't considered green. IIF has recently published a series of papers, including one recently on global standards and market-led approaches in sustainable finance. Let me just rattle off a few quick statistics that come out of these papers. 90% of chief risk officers in financial institutions view climate change as the top emerging risk in the next five years. In order to reach net zero targets by 2050, the climate bond universe will need to increase substantially over the next seven years. And in fact, 
they will actually have to increase even more substantially than experts now think will be the case, close to 50% more by 2025 and by almost 100% more to reach $60 trillion by 2030. In 2021, there were almost 1,000 sustainable finance and ESG regulatory developments. Try to keep track of that. And at least 27 central banks or supervisors are conducting or have concluded climate scenario analysis exercises between 2021 and 2023. All of these statistics tells me two things. First, the risks of climate change to the financial sector are clearly on the minds of both policymakers and the private sector. And second, the concern is that this is becoming an octopus of different initiatives, policies, and standards, and steps are needed to ensure that greater alignment must be taken across jurisdictions. So the IIF is exploring how to reconcile these two takeaways. And I don't want to spend the podcast going through the specific areas we suggest need improving. What I'd like to do instead is dig into a specific case study. Market-based approaches to identify, verify, and align investments with sustainable-focused goals have developed significantly in recent years. For example, many people have begun investing in green bonds. Well, that's great, but to successfully do so, there needs to be product-focused classification instruments to make these green investments possible. All right, that seems simple enough. Classify the products, and this could drive greater investment. Voila, it's over. However, There is a lack of harmonization across jurisdictions when it comes to defining what these classification instruments are designed to do, what they measure, and how they should be implemented. Let's just look at one example of a classification instrument, which is called taxonomies. More than 20 countries are introducing sustainable finance-related taxonomies, but these taxonomies differ in areas such as scope, level and ambition, level of granularity and technical criteria, methodological approaches for classification, and the application of taxonomy. Okay, I'm exhausted by that sentence, but most importantly, this means fragmentation without a cohesive approach to defining and implementing these sustainable finance taxonomies. No common baseline means what is considered sustainable in one jurisdiction may not be considered sustainable in another. That is why we care about alignment. Our paper focuses on these very issues, and maybe just as importantly, this coming week, March 10th, IIF will host a Sustainable Finance Summit to discuss this in much more depth. But sustainable finance is not just a global issue, it's also becoming an important topic area in the Washington, D.C. political environment. First, we have to look on the technical side. The U.S. Office of the Comptroller of the Currency, which is known as the OCC and is an independent bureau of the Treasury Department, just released at the end of last year the Principles for Climate-Related Financial Risk Management for Large Banks. The OCC's job is to supervise national banks and federal savings associations in order for them to operate in a safe and sound manner and provide fair access to financial services. In mid-February, the IIF provided feedback to the OCC. Among other things, we stated that it would be beneficial for the OCC to work with its domestic counterparts at the other relevant U.S. federal banking agencies to develop a streamlined, data-driven, and coherent approach to potential regulation and supervision of climate-related financial risks in the United States. Now let's move a little more towards the political side and gaze at one of the agencies that the OCC needs to work with, which is the Federal Reserve. President Biden's top pick for vice chairman of banking supervision at the Federal Reserve is former Deputy Secretary of Treasury and previously a Federal Reserve board member, Sarah Bloom Raskin. 
Though Raskin is Biden's top pick, the feeling is clearly not mutual between the political parties. With Senate Republicans blocking the committee vote to delay nominations for a new board of governors, this delay was targeted at Raskin herself, whose views on climate-related regulations have received backlash from Republicans, as many Republicans believe that she wants to, the Fed to steer lending away from certain sectors of the economy, particularly the oil and gas sectors, in the name of addressing climate change head-on. Raskin, by the way, denies that this is her intent and testified to that fact. Lastly, for this podcast, I want to wrap up with what I'm calling three, two, one. Three takeaways. Sustainable finance is currently the core to thinking about financial regulatory policy. Continued progress toward working on the problems of fragmentation of regulations around sustainable finance will be important for such markets to have greater integrity, operate more efficiently, and to be more robust to potential shocks. Political controversy, at least in the United States, regarding climate change and potentially financial service regulation is clearly here to stay. Two, two areas that I'm watching that could prove quite relevant to this conversation. President Biden nominated five candidates for the Board of Governors. In addition to Raskin, this includes a renomination of Jay Powell as the Fed Chairman and Lael Brainerd, a current Fed Governor, to be Vice Chairman. It also includes economists Lisa Cook and Philip Jefferson as Fed Governors. Biden's five picks would create the most racially and gender-diverse Fed leadership team ever. However, to create this team, the Democrats need to find a way around the current Republican bloc for nominations. One way to do this would be separating the candidates to take them one at a time so they could get rid of the more controversial ones and get through the less controversial ones. However, Senator Sherrod Brown, who's a Democrat from Ohio and the chairman of the Senate Banking Committee, does not want to separate Raskin from the other nominees as it may jeopardize her chances of advancing and advancing also her stance on climate-related regulations. One area to look at is whether or not Senator Ben Lujan, Democrat from New Mexico, who just recently had a stroke, has also just recently, as of the recording of this podcast, returned, could become the 50th vote to clear Ms. Raskin. Two, Make sure to join the IAF Sustainable Finance Summit, which is happening virtually this Thursday, March 10th. This summit will include conversations from the C-suite, policymakers, and politicians about the very issues that we have raised in this podcast. We're very lucky at the IAF to be joined by John Kerry, who's the United States Special Presidential Envoy for Climate, as well as Republican Congressman Graves from Louisiana, and also CEOs, chairman and policymakers from China, Japan, Colombia, across Europe, and the United States, as well as Indonesia. One, I love sports, so I thought I would end each podcast with an update of one fascinating thing of sports information. This week, I want to refocus our attention back to the Ukraine crisis and in the world of sports to the world of boxing. Ukraine has produced some of the greatest boxers in the world for a significant period of time. Over the last week, we have seen the current heavyweight champion of the world, Alexander Yusik, leave his training to join the fight in Ukraine. And he joins former champions and boxing legends Vitaly and Vladimir Klitschko, who are also defending their country against Russia's military attacks. 
Vitali, by the way, is also the mayor of Kyiv. These men fought their way to the top of their profession and have clearly made a lot of money and got a lot of prestige. And they are potentially sacrificing that and a whole lot more to defend their country. It is inspirational to see the courage, grit, and relentless determination from these athletes, but also from the Ukrainian people in general as they try to defend their country. That's the end of today's episode. I hope you'll join me next Monday for another episode of Current Account with Clay Lowry, and I hope you enjoy what we're trying to do here. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Current Account with Clay Lowry. We'd love to hear from you, so please feel free to provide us any feedback or ideas about the show as we're always looking to improve and make these episodes fun and relevant for the audience. You can provide feedback at podcast at iif.com. Please make sure to tune in next Monday for our next episode. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Thanks for listening.